Hey, with the filmmaking team of Cooking Inside, From Prison to Home, we're with the producer and the director, producer Adrian DePaul, and the director, Brett Lambert Zafino. Really, really interesting film about these two guys telling us about how they cooked inside a prison, but it's really about their experiences in prison, like in their, the politics involved and really what goes on inside the prison system. Their conversations were fascinating. So first of all, I'm just curious about how you guys, like how this film came about, like where, who came up with the idea and when do, where you guys met the, these two subjects to do this film about? Say, so, yeah, I think Adrian, I feel like we should probably start with you just kind of talking okay. about your, your um, experience and yeah. Um, well, I, I guess a, a lot of it. Uh, so I, I got out uh, of, of prison in uh, August 2020. And Brent was one of the first people I reconnected with. Um, Brent and I went to Georgia College and State University together. And uh, Brent started talking to me about his films and his movie making and uh, what he was getting into. And he told me he had the script um that he had been working on for seven years and uh i at the time had started a private equity company um, an investment firm um investing in construction agriculture and i was piqued by the script and it was a script i would never have looked at twice if i hadn't had my experience um it, it was about a, a a drug rehab cult um out in the rural south and um, just being around addicts for the last 30 months, I, I listened to it and, and we actually, I we got it started, I, I financed it and it ended up being a feature film. And that was the beginning of our collaborations together. And then uh, I, I, I'm gonna toss it to Brent here because Brent, Brent really pushed me to do uh, something in, 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 this, in this field. But I, I was, it started with me telling about him about my 30th birthday. So just to get people to know that you're you're one of the subjects that I was explaining talking to. Oh yes, yes. Me, me yeah. and my 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 good brother Kazi. Um, we were we were together. We were locked up for about uh, I think fourteen months together at Carroll County. I was at a previous institution for that, but uh, yeah, um, it's me and me and Kazi and I are are, are cooking inside, <laughs> outside. Yeah, and, and, and like I said, and it's it's really you guys having a conversation that's been documented. I'm sure it wasn't as easy as that, but it's like that's how it was an easy film to watch in terms of that regard. You guys are very likable, even though you were in prison. You know, like I'm, it's <laughs> no, you know what I mean. Like it's like that 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 yeah. connotation, right? Like I I don't sure, care. Sure, and that and that's one of the the um, the the aims of, yeah. of, of of the product was was to in fact shatter kind of our our myths or beliefs yeah. or uh stigmas we have surrounding uh incarcerated uh folks um you know they're not just this others that are out there in, in the world they're our friends they're our neighbors sometimes they're our family and sometimes they're they're dealing with a problem beyond themselves sometimes they're dealing with poverty sometimes they're dealing with the injustice of the criminal justice system um it's just every situation is unique and they're not they're they're not different they're they're fellow human beings and they're uh, they're all part of our humanity yeah. so uh, yeah that that was that, it's great you brought it up that that's a um that was one of the aims of of, of the show was to present this idea in a very different way because usually when you see these sorts of programs and documentaries and 
things like that. It's got these bars slamming and, yeah. and you know, this hardened kind of image. And so we really wanted to take that story, that narrative back. Without without going too far, you kind of, but you do kind of touch on that there's there's a there's a systematic issue. There's like there's a structural problem with the with the prison system in some in a lot of ways, I guess, too, right? Um yeah. <laughs> especially <laughs> no, but especially it's not it's not about the, what the film's about. It's just that it's like the way you don't even talking about, it. you're just, just discussing what takes place and then I'm yeah, well, we tried to make it a very human experience, but structurally speaking, the United States incarcerates 25% of the entire global population. Um, at any given time, over 2 million people are in incarceration in the United States. Um, the state of Georgia locks up more people than North Korea and Russia combined. So, you know, this this is a, just, just on a scale, um, it's, it's completely off the charts. Not to mention the 13th Amendment provides for legalized slavery, essentially forced labor yeah. um, as a form of punishment. So while Abraham Lincoln and that after Reconstruction did get the 13th Amendment passed and we had Juneteenth and all these are great celebrations to have, but slavery is not over as an institution in the United States. And Georgia is one of five or six states that actually don't pay a dime for forced labor. And these are folks who, you know, pave our roads, lay our pipe. Um, I think I spoke about it in the film, you know, we, we're working in wastewater sewage treatment plants. Um, so they're not, they're, they're not just like cakewalk jobs, a lot of these things. And a lot of these things are the, the, the folks who are locked up are exploited for their labor, whether it's a construction uh, trade or carpentry or, or whatnot. And it's free labor for the state. Yeah. It's just a slave master by another name, the state government. In its simplest conclusion, it's it's a basically it's a business, and, and and it's in their best interest to incarcerate people. If everybody just was going by the law and there's no issues and anything like that, there'd be some trouble. <laughs> there'd be some troubles, right? So no, absolutely. Um, we, I mean, aside from what you mostly hear about private prisons and 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 people investing in prison stock, um, you know, the prominent celebrities um, have vested stakes in some of the prisons that. Um, I came in contact with people around, um, but but aside from that, uh, yeah, there was a wood plant at Dodge that used to make that contracted out. We were making chairs and tables and desks and drawers and all sorts of stuff for for private furniture companies. Some mm. of the stuff you buy at the store, you know, wasn't made. You know, it either was made in China or by free uh, prison labor, yeah. um, as well as, you know, for the contracted out to the cities that we went to, the municipalities around the prison that we worked at their public facilities, like the sewage plant, um, you know, the, the prison, the warden was getting, you know, I think $30,000, $40,000 per contract for a detail that was sent out there for four days a week. So yeah, there, there's commerce and business to be had in slavery as there always has since the beginning of time. It's no different now in 2020, well, about to be 2023. So okay, yeah, this is a whole big subject, but I just want to get get into the, the the making of the film. So basically, so Brent, you you just you guys worked together on this feature, and so when did you decide to like let's let me just film these two guys talking about cooking on the, when when this when did this occur to you? Yeah, we were uh, we Adrian and I had talked about telling his story for since we had reconnected and after he had come out and um, we we were talking about uh we didn't really know how to do it 
Adrian was at different points, you know, feeling that how are we going to talk about this story in a way that doesn't just completely bum everybody out because that's not the tone that Adrian talks in when Adrian talks about his own story. It's very, it, there's, there's a lot of nuance and a lot of um, like personal growth and humor in it, but that's a really tricky tightrope to walk. So that was kind of in our brain. And one day we were just talking, Adrian was telling the story about his 30th birthday that makes it into the film. And it's the story of, um, how a lot of people spend their 30th birthdays. A lot of people are in our age group. You know, they post about spending their 30th birthday going skydiving or doing something crazy. 30, Adrian 40, spent... and thriving. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Adrian spent his 30th birthday uh, working the week before to make this meal. And he yeah. was describing for me the process that this was, this was, and it was blowing my mind as he's describing it. You know, you have to get your ingredients from here. You have to know science enough to, uh, figure out how you're going to heat water up by <laughs> wrapping a wire around a lock and how you're going to get the lock. You call it MacGyver-like in the, in the blog interview. <laughs> yes, yes, that's exactly it. It's a MacGyver-like process yeah. of building a meal that took him a week. And the end of the story well, it was more was than a week, but yeah. <laughs> more than a week, yeah. yeah. Um, and the But the end of the story being like the amount of work it took to make one meal felt so rewarding that I don't know how I would have had a better 30th birthday. And when he said that it was, uh, as someone who has only known prison by listening to Adrian talk about prison, because I, I, you know, and, and the cultural, uh, you know, the way we talk about prison on TV and things like that. Um, it just kind of clicked that that was such a beautiful inroad to the whole prison experience because you were getting this sense of how brutal prison is um but also how personal time is measured in prison in a different way you know and i think we can all kind of relate to that in our own in our own ways and when you do that when you when you share something that create that generates empathy with like that directly um i know adrian and i both feel this way you it feels like a more effective way of telling about what we've been talking about in this conversation you know the the inequalities and injustices um but you have to get so adrian obviously seems okay to discuss all these things on camera but i'm sure not all prisoners are and so where did you get where did you find your other subject uh where did i find tazzy well you you were friends but how did you how did you like kind of like converse with them to like if you, is oh it, um well brent and the initial plan was for just me alone to do it. Yeah. Um, but in my mind, this was strongly this, especially the the act of cooking, not only in prison, but in the real world. It's just such a communal experience. We 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 host not only business meetings or 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 you know we it's it's a pleasurable experience. It's a it's a it's a sitting down at the table. It's a gathering. Um, it's the same thing in there. It's, 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 a, it's you can't have one without talking about the other when you, when it comes to cooking a meal. Community is very much a part of it. And um, I I had I, I had gotten out first, and then uh, Cassie a little later. Um, and we just I mean he's just really a good guy. Um, we were I think in the in the, uh, in, the in the film we we talk about how. We just kind of gravitated towards each other. Uh, both of us really weren't about any sort of nonsense. We weren't really 
um, caught up with anything. Like we were just, I, I, I guess we, we naturally just found each other and there, it wasn't just him. It was a group of us. It was about a group of uh, four or five of us just every Sunday who met, but Cassie was the only one who I really kept in contact uh, with from that group. And, and I you know, said, look, uh, Brent's got this, you know, harebrained scheme yeah. about <laughs> doing this cooking yeah. thing. And, uh, you know, I can't imagine doing this by myself because that wasn't what the experience was. The experience was all of us cutting up, joking, yeah. laughing, watching football and just, you know, and that's, that's, uh, it, it wouldn't have been right if I didn't have somebody to do it. I probably wouldn't have if, if Cassie did Yeah, it makes the film like that kind of connection. It's, it's like, it seems like a true friendship that you guys have. We're, we're, we're very close. Um, yeah. And that's continued out here. Um, we've, I mean, when you see a man or, or woman in, in the lowest time of their life and you see their soul and you bond and you just, I mean, he just recently had a baby girl and I mean, I'm so happy to be uncle to, to Maisie and, and, and just be part of the family. And he's just always going to be forever a part of me. Um, it's just, it doesn't go away. Is part of like because uh, I'm assuming that you're you're on the up and up, <laughs> but is part of it is part of that like you just don't want to go back? Is that part of the it's the fear of not of not wanting to go go back? I I um I didn't I didn't have a criminal background. I <laughs> I've I've never even had a, a Sorry, I was just around I've, had, you, I've never had anything. Um, I I my my route to prison was less traditional than most people's. Okay. Um. So I'm a lawyer by trade. I'm yeah. I'm I'm uh. That's originally what I did, and I used to work in public service in New York City, and um, I I I went to prison for reckless driving injury by vehicle. So there was a car accident ten years ago. Um. We were visiting my my wife's uh parents. My sorry, my ex wife's parents. Yeah. In uh, Atlanta, and there was a car accident. I do not drink my, my wife, sorry, I, I, I drank, my wife does not drink. So she's always driving. So there was this accident. The other guy, the other driver broke his leg. Yeah. Um, nobody died. Nobody, you know, and it started off as a traffic ticket and it kept escalating and escalating and escalating the civil, the civil case lawyer, when they, when they sued us, uh, gave the case to the DA in order, I think, to get more money is, is how, the, my civil attorneys put it. Okay. It took six or seven years after the accident to indict the case, and they indicted as a felony. Now at this time, medical reports say my wife is my ex-wife is driving. EMT reports say my ex-wife is driving. Her nine one one call where she states two times that she is the driver. The mountain of evidence. You know her injuries line up with like getting the steering wheel. She fractured okay. her rib. The whole, the whole thing. Um, so. Fast forward six, seven years later, and she's answered interrogatories under oath that she's driving. Uh, we're in the process of getting divorced. Um, and I'm still working up in New York City. We're separated at the time. And three days before we go into court, she completely flips her entire story, completely flips, flips it towards me. Her charges get dropped, and I'm sentenced to 15 years due seven incarcerated in prison. The judge who sentenced me is now facing 40 years um and, and again th this this guy who was injured the other driver um his car was in my ex-wife's lane but it was shoddy work by the police officer and uh he you know he didn't come into court with a walker or a cane he didn't even fake it i mean there was no the, the indictment literally says his permanent injury 
is a scar below the knee because there needs to be a permanent injury for reckless driving by vehicle. That's what the indictment literally says. The legal document says a scar below the knee. And the judge sentenced me to 15 years to seven. I mean, I, there are people who I were who I was locked up with who shot people who yeah. got way less time than that. Um, but like like I said, she's facing 40 years that she had issues herself. Um, the problem is, though, is outside of that is that my story is not unique in like yeah. the the absurdity of sometimes how people get to prison and what people get to prison for. People talk about Brittany Griner and the nine years that she got in Russia. Um, we have I was serving time with people in, in Georgia who had close to 20 years. 20, 25 years. Um, and there's vigilante judges and vigilante prosecutors. You know, there was a judge whose whose daughter died. This is this is a, something I heard. In Georgia, there's a judge whose daughter died of drug overdose. So every case involving a drug dealer, he gives 10 years minimum. Yeah. Off just off, off, like regardless. But you know, yeah. you know, the folks folks who feel, you know, they they're doing good. And the problem is is people go into prison and come back out and they're more harmful to society that's, that was sort of what i was getting getting at yeah yeah it's like that that the stats show that their stats right I, but you just opened up a can of worms here but basically well that documentary is a lot more dark and not not not, not as uh, not yeah. as lighthearted. uh but that. but you're because because your wife was was facing prison so she she just changed my ex-wife was indicted as well and so once she flipped all her charges dropped which is something that against her word right Right. And, and, you know, in speaking with public defenders afterwards, they said this is the most frustrating thing is that they, they have to get it across to their clients that it's the criminal justice system isn't like what you see on TV where you have to prove your case or you have to. It literally one person can send you to prison if there's a motivated enough prosecutor or whatnot. Um, so, you know, I, it's, it's not like the movies. It's not like TV. And I went to law school. So I. It's not like how I studied it either. Um, it's just the actual practice of it is is completely different. And can you, you practice any? Can you practice anyone involved? They'll tell you that. Can you practice law again or no? Um, I I can practice law again. Okay. So so my sentence was it didn't have to do with any sort of fraud or anything like that. I didn't you know. Yeah. But my sentence is that so actually technically this is another problem Georgia has, and this is something I'm looking into now. Georgia never convicted me. I'm apparently on a, de a deferred sentence, but I was sentenced to incarceration. In most places, you have to be convicted to be get sent, sent to prison. I have a deferred sentence where the court reserves judgment until an extended period of time. So that time being 15 years, yeah. seven. However, in Georgia, they're allowed to incarcerate you even if you're on a deferred sentence. And, and, and that, that is wrong constitutionally. I, I just I don't understand how they keep getting, keep getting away with that. But there are so many nuances in the criminal justice system that people people either don't have the patience for time to look into. But it 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 really is um, terrible. Um, yeah. Just like how we we like to uphold ourselves, and I did too. I did too. You know, this American system of justice is the best in the world. There's no way a guilty person goes. And now we've come to a place in society where we've just accepted that there are innocent people in prison. There are people who don't deserve to be there. There are like crazy overextended sentences for things that like are either de decriminalized in one state and sure. criminalized in another. Yeah. And we just somehow can't 
hold it in our head. <laughs> that said, there's them. also a lot, tons of white collar crime that doesn't get it gets a slap on the wrist. That they do a lot, to, to a lot, and and uh, you know we've we've started to use the system as a as a as a mode for vengeance, yeah, and revenge uh, for for someone who perceives themselves a victim of a crime instead of actually providing healing yeah. for someone who's been affected by 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 crime and actually make them whole because it doesn't matter what somebody does to you and everyone you what if they killed your family and they raped and murdered you yeah your family's still dead and what happened to you still happened you 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 are not going to get better by that person you know yeah. dying at the hands of the state or, or or whatnot you have to go you have to go make yourself whole you have to you have to go heal yourself from what happened to you and um yeah our criminal justice system tries to be the answer for that in, in, a, in a sort of vengeful sort of way. Yeah. And it just creates more hurt people who hurt people, hurt people. Yeah. That's what happens. Yeah, it's an understatement, but life isn't fair, right? And so, and at the same time, I'm just like, I want to get to Brent uh, at the beginning of the film right in a second, but it seems like your wife, like, Ex-wife. I don't know Ex-wife. if she can live with herself. That's we were point. in the process of getting divorced at the time. Yeah, and so there's a lot of anger and hurt and yeah. As the, the right, but 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 that's that's her journey. That's her journey. And you know, I I can't can't carry that anger and bitterness forward. Otherwise, you know, I'm but someone could do it for you though. But so <laughs> no, but that you know, that that uh it's not effective. No, uh, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. you know, yes. It hurt people, hurt For humans people. though, that's the problem. I understand what you're saying. It's like everything you're saying is like is the proper thing to say, but it's like we're still humans and well, something I always point out too is like, okay, okay, let's say I let's say I was guilty of 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 the car accident. Yeah. Right. He's the the other driver is, is walking. There's no he didn't come in with a he came in with shorts and a walker and a cane and um, but he you know he heard two New York City attorneys and he thought well he saw dollar signs so yeah. he thought he kept pushing it um so. Would someone who like in that scenario would they deserve seven years incarcerated? Yeah, you know, I personally think no. You know, there are people who die in drunk driving accidents that you might get four years for one life. Yeah. Um, for a broken leg that happened six years earlier, ten yeah. years at this point, seven years. You know, like we've fallen in love with these crazy sentences. Like, like years of of our lives aren't uh, you know something like. Like one year of your life is is just yeah, the it's a candy, just like giving it out like candy, and it's 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 uh, it's become ridiculous. It has. So okay, so Brent, so the making of the film. Thank you for your candor, by the way. It's it's fascinating. And so Brent, the making of the film, you basically just you you got you found it like a you found it like the the house, I guess, and you just like followed. You just had them con- converse for a day. Did you just use one camera? No, so we had three cameras. Okay, that's what um, it, made, it made sense that you did. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we we the goal was to try to almost mimic a cooking show where we could have like a three camera setup. Um, we could have the we could focus on food. We could focus on them talking, um, <clears throat> and then every opportunity we had to. Uh, to see where things didn't line up because I think when, when Adrian and I were making this, we, we 
kept running running into things that were like, oh man, here we would have lit a fire in a toilet and I don't really want to do that in my house. Or like yeah. here we might break a lock over candy and I don't really want to burn down my house. Yeah, burn down your house, yeah. break your counters. There's all these things that the, to make food in prison that when you don't really care as much about the sure. things that you're using, <laughs> yeah. uh, you're you're you don't you don't own your that property. The um, and what we found was it was really it was kind of liberating to acknowledge every time that you wouldn't do a thing in your own house to make food that you had to do to make food in prison. That just added to the point you know, and I think to the relatability. So making it, it was like making a cooking show, but in a broken way where, yeah. you know, the way the uh, food TV works is it's kind of makes it very pretend accessible, you know, Oh, you too can yeah, make this beautiful dish in your home. It's like, well, when it's make food the way that you would make it in prison, it's like, actually, you probably wouldn't want to do it yeah. this way, which is why we're going to make, we're, we're going to ask these people to do it exactly that way. Um, and uh, it also, we toyed around with doing it in different locations, but the idea of doing it in someone's kitchen where they had accessible tools, like right behind them, the irony is kind of visually there in a way that we really, we really liked, you know, there were so many outlets. If you're looking at Adrian's kitchen, you're like, yeah, they could make this food much easier <laughs> if they just used the things they had. Um, and it's like, the, that's the point. They didn't have those things. So um, yeah, we, we, that was kind of our motive. Yeah. That was the system we used for shooting. And then you just, you basically just let them talk. And I guess you kind of figured it, figured out the story arc in, in, in the editing room. Kind of. We, but we did a little bit more pre-production than um, the pre-production was, we tried to think of, okay, what are the steps to making the, what's the ingredient uh, uh, recipe, excuse me. Yeah. And once we had the recipe down, we, Adrian and I kind of walked through different talking points that we, we thought would make sense. So maybe at the beginning of the recipe, when you're laying the things out, let's talk about the price differences between those things in prison. When you're talking about this, maybe here's a good time to talk about your birthday story. When you're making this, it's good. So it, it worked really well from a direction standpoint, because it allowed me to stand back and say, guys, let's make the food this, let's get to step three of making the food. They would do that. And they'd be like, while we're doing that, I would toss questions their way gotcha. or kind of like see, you know, where the conversation was going. And what was delightful for me was Adrian and I have talked at this point had talked about this endlessly. Yeah. And I thought there's no way I was going to learn something new. And I learned like eight new things because I hadn't heard Cassie talk about his side of yeah. half these things. And his side has an and equal he has equal or more amounts of crazy stories to add to the, the equation so it really made us feel good about the format of the show because if these two people could share that much where we cut so much from the edit that you saw there's still like content left on the cutting room table i'm sure imagine it's what the stories of other prisoners across the, the country might have if we were to so make this more like, of these. this this could be a series then if you really want to that's the goal yeah, yeah okay. is the um Cause there's so many demographics too, that we could, we could ask there's women that have an, uh, their own prison uh, that that's yeah. a world of prison. There's international, there's, there's people who speak different languages. We we've, we're in contact with someone who managed to go through a whole prison sentence and eat vegan the whole time. And can't wait to hear how he was able to manage that. But um, yeah, there's just stories that will beget more stories. And I think that's the goal of the project in general. 
Yeah, it's so bad because because you had like obviously we like Cassie. Did it take him a while to get comfortable on the camera? If you have three cameras shooting, looking at him, like he's obviously aware that he's being documented. Did it, did, did it take him a while to get comfortable, like in front of the camera? You know what's funny? I so the night before, I called and I was like, "Are you ready? Like, you know what you're gonna say? Should we go over like any yeah. things that you want to talk about? Anything?" And he's like, "Nope, I've been in prison. I'm just gonna talk about it." <laughs> and he did he's he not showed up. Guy, guess, he right? came in he came in and there was no setup it was no really when we first that first opening scene when we walked in at the door um he had just came he had just arrived at at, at, at my house yeah and Brent was like all right you guys ready and we opened the door and he just he was he ready just, to go we were just we were just ourselves that was really 100 percent genuinely ourselves and I, I, I think this also hits it. What makes this for what makes this format appealing to us is you're not sitting a person down and saying, "All right, I need you to deal with the deepest existential quandaries you've dealt with in your life right now." Okay, go. You're, you're just asking someone to cook food. Yeah, exactly. And so that's the that's the genius of your film, right? It's, yeah. It, yeah, it like allows people to who aren't camera ready or who aren't don't yeah. think about this at all don't even tell their story very often to kind of you know, well oh you're just asking me to talk about food well yeah. now that i'm making this food it does remind me about how we used to not be able to get clippers because people would make machetes using yeah. clippers and then suddenly they're telling a, you know cassie's telling a story that's like i i i'm glad there wasn't a camera on me because my eyes guys, were probably huge what did you guys think of the audience feedback video that we sent you i i Personally, I as a as a filmmaker, I found it kind of delightful to hear people. Um, you know, Adrian and I didn't know these people. We didn't pitch the movie to these people. We, you know, we've we've shown this the film to audiences that were maybe more prepared or friends or whatever. Yeah. But it was cool to not even be in the same room, not be able to tell anybody what our intentions were for the project, and to have the audience feedback video be primarily people just saying the points that we were thinking when we made the movie um as if we had told them as if we'd asked them to you know yeah. as if they were scripted but they weren't which was really lovely um yeah yeah i i um they got it i mean everything that we wanted them to get they said it and that was so rewarding that was so uh nice to hear um and i was Surprise! It still does surprise me. I mean, how many <laughs> people found the? I, I think uh, Cassie and I just being Cassie and I, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, intriguing. So that was. It's always nice to hear. Um, but we just. Uh, I mean, we talked football yesterday. Same, same, uh, probably the well, same and everything else. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm from, I'm from the Buffalo area, so. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, guys, the guys, amazing film. I really like this film a lot. It's one of my favorite documentaries of the year. I think you, you said if you want to turn this to, to a series and get more people, I'm sure that you get to the right room and pitch it and uh, you got something really special because this is this is a conversation that needs to be talked about, but also people love cooking shows, right? 
Selena Gomez right. has one. Everybody has one, right? So it's like, and like, it's like cutthroat kitchen for the prisoners, right? It's like how you. <laughs> That's how I would pitch it to, to the Food Network. It's like, that's what it is, right? So I wish- Not Cutthroat, Iron Chef. We don't want Cutthroat in, with, associated with the prisoners. <laughs> no, but that's, that's the, 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 you got to appeal to the to Kansas, right? No, you're right. right. You're yeah. right. You're right. All right. So I wish you guys the best. I appreciate your conversation here. And thank you for both your candors. And uh, let's talk again when you when this turn into a series or when you make your next film. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you for showing it. This was great. Thank you. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thanks. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Let me.